Good morning, Come Church. Now, I love acting and the theatre, but I have a really embarrassing story of the first time I acted when I was a child. I was behind a bush, and um, we were meant to be hiding in this scene. And, and I said my line, and then the prompt said my line. And I was really embarrassed, and I thought, I don't want people thinking that I've forgotten my line. So I stood up from behind that bush, and I said, I've said my line already and the audience all burst into laughter <laughs> you see when I act I find it much easier to do monologues because I'm not then dependent on other people for their line I don't have to listen to others it's so much easier just to have one speech and learn that than have to interact but isn't that just one of our problems at the moment in the world we are not listening to others people are sharing their opinions and they're not listening for a response. And we've had some really sad results because of it. And we live in a world where everyone has an opinion and they've got a platform for saying it as well. Social media means that anyone can say anything and because of lockdown, they've been able to justify their own thoughts and their opinions. And those people haven't been involved in actual conversation where someone can challenge them, where they can point out their issues, and they just think that they're right. Uh, and by the way, I don't know if this is a word for someone, but just because Facebook asks you what's on your mind, you don't have to share anything <laughs> and everything. But you know, we're, we're made for real conversation, both with people and with God. In Ephesians 4 and verse 29, it says, Let everything you say be good and helpful, so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. We're meant to be building one another up. And can I just take this opportunity to say thank you so much for your love and your prayers for Christopher uh, while he had his appendix out. It was a scary time, but we really felt your love. Thank you. We're meant to be building each other up. We're, uh, we're meant to be there for each other. And the trouble with the isolation that we've become used to is that we're justifying our opinions instead of talking them through. In Proverbs 18 and verse 1, it says, A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. The beauty of the church is that we don't have to do the faith journey alone. We shouldn't be isolated. We shouldn't be left to our own opinions because we get absorbed in our own thoughts and we think that we're right. Have you ever noticed that when you have an argument, you get all the good points afterwards? You're like, ah, oh, I should have said this. But, you know, that's because of the isolation in our minds when we're alone and we can start to believe that we are absolutely right and become unwilling to change. Some of you have loved lockdown. Lockdown church has been brilliant because you haven't had to deal with people. But maybe you've even been considering Christianity on your own. But guys, it's so important that we talk to people, that we bounce ideas off each other, that we commune together for our mental health. We're there for each other. Even in lockdown, we shouldn't be living an isolated life. In Proverbs 27 and verse 17, we're reminded, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And of course, another reason we should be spending time with others is that of loneliness. 
that feeling of personal isolation in a busy and crowded world. You can be alone and not be lonely, but you can be surrounded by many people and still be incredibly lonely. Because loneliness is not the same thing as being alone. We all have to be alone at, at times. And Jesus often took himself off to be alone with the Father. That's all good. But loneliness is that feeling of isolation from others, whether they're near or whether they're far. Some of the most famous people in the world are incredibly lonely. People know them. They're known by their face or their talent. But they're isolated because of the constant need to fake it for fame. For some people, loneliness uh, during the last few weeks as we've been beginning to emerge from lockdown has actually been darker than the whole pandemic. But I want to just tell you that Jesus is the light you need. He's the way to satisfy your soul's craving to be loved. And he sees you and he's waiting for you to call on him if you are lonely. Shame is another reason that we can be kept in a lonely place. You think people wouldn't love you if they really knew what was going on. In Mark 1, you can read the story about the man with the leprosy. Gosh, lepers knew what it was like to be lonely. They had to be 50 steps, 50 paces away from anyone. I talk about social distancing. And they had to shout, unclean, if anyone came near them. Imagine that embarrassment, that shame, that isolation. And then Jesus is moved with compassion for him and he heals him and he's free of the shame and he can interact with people again. Today, many have had to stay away from others or they feel they have to stay away from others or even connecting with church because of shame. But it's, it's not a skin condition, it's a, a heart one. And being alone and isolated can mean we are easy prey for the enemy to get into our minds and convince us that no one is on our side. Ezekiel 35 and verse 5 says, So my sheep have been scattered without a shepherd. They are easy prey for any wild animal. It's kind of like a, a dislocated shoulder. You know, the enemy can make you feel like you're not part of the body. You're attached, but you feel disappointed and, and you're disconnected. But God puts people in your life to give you support. He reveals our strengths and covers our weaknesses through other people. And we need to forgive our offenders and we need to restore those who have stepped away because someone is relying on you for your strength. Jesus didn't separate from people except to pray. Don't replace real conversation with social media conversation. It is not the same. I want to look at an interaction that Jesus had. It's, it's seen as the, the longest recorded conversation in the Bible. And it's from John chapter 4. And I'm starting at verse 7. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. And the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask me for a drink, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. I'll just stop there for a moment. You see, most people would have come to the well either very early morning or into the evening when the temperature was cooler. Uh, maybe she had a reason to want to be alone um, and not there at the, the busy times. 
But she's also surprised because he's a Jew and therefore he should hate her because the Samaritans and the Jews hated one another. Most Jews would never interact um, with her because they thought that she and Samaritan would make them unclean. And there's Jesus not only interacting with her, but he's asking her for water. He's not worried about being made unclean by her. But women too were seen as incredibly low in those days. And Jesus went to a people group who were outcasts and to a woman. And this woman, we're going to find out, was even isolated within her own group. Let's look at verse 10. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who who it is that's saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. I wonder what the water is that you are drawing from. Is it your work? Is it a relationship, money, your house, your car? Something that will never satisfy. And Jesus has a a water welling up to eternal life. It's never going to run dry. The Holy Spirit can live inside of you if you are a believer. The power of God himself lives in you. Well, the woman had never heard of living water Yet as soon as he explains it to her, she's all in, even though it seems she doesn't exactly understand what he's talking about. I wonder if you've done this before. I've come to him wanting him to change someone else. I think that a lot. Change someone else. And the question I didn't know I needed the answer to is, what's in your heart, Sarah? What's in your heart that needs to change in the way you interact with that person? Jesus is patient and he reveals things to us when we need to hear them in ways that we can respond to and painful as that might be for our pride sometimes. But then he goes even deeper. Verse 16, Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you're right in saying I have no husband for you have had five husbands and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Jesus knows exactly why she wanted to be isolated. He could have said to her, Lady, you're sexually immoral. Everyone in town knows that you've been sleeping around and you're living in sin with someone right now. And that would have been overwhelming and off-putting. But equally, he didn't say, well, (laughs) I don't want to offend her. I don't want to go through the awkwardness of having this really hard conversation. So I'm just going to ignore it. Instead, Jesus knows the importance of revealing sin to the sinner in a loving way. He gently lets her realize it herself. And talking, you see, has brought about revelation for the woman. Skip to verse 22. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. 
But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. He is called Christ. And when he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Jesus knew things he would never know by any natural means. A true encounter with Jesus means that we can be certain he's going to get to the heart of the issue, no matter what we do to try and distract from it. Don't you just love that Jesus here reveals who he really is to a woman, to an outcast, even in her group, and he didn't even do that to the religious people in the temple. She then knows that she is fully known and fully seen for the first time in her life. Skip to verse 28. So the woman left her water jar and went into town and said to people, Come, see a man who's told me all I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. And then verse 39. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. And when she gets back to town, the woman tells everyone that she's met Christ, the Messiah. They believed her based on her testimony, and then they encounter him for themselves and believe even more. And that's one of their first revivals, uh, the Bible notes. But what I love is that if you look at the faith journey that Jesus takes her on as they go through this conversation, so verse 9, she said, you are a Jew. And then verse 11, she says, sir. And then verse 19, prophet, to verse 26, Christ. She thought she had to be isolated because of her shame, but the conversation with Jesus restored her. He accepts us in our brokenness and brings healing and restoration. If you've had an encounter with Jesus, be like the woman at the well. Get out there and tell people about it. But if you're in a place of loneliness or isolation, you are not alone. He is with you. It's a lonely place when you've got to hide your sin. If you have to hide an addiction or you're worried that someone will find out what you're really doing. But I want to tell you, God is there in the darkest moments. The friend who sticks close, the one who loves us despite our past. And you can leave the shame behind. The one who knows everything about you still loves you and wants you to come to him today. Talk to him. Don't make life decisions from a place of loneliness. But you know, he's also called Christians to be his hands and his feet on earth. Talk to someone. The church should be like a life support system. You don't have to do things alone. Book a pastor's in the park if you need to. Call the church number. Reach out on our pastor button on the website. And church, let me remind you as well, reach out to someone who is relying on you for hope. Because we aren't meant to be alone. And we're not. Thank you.